afternoon. You're listening to K Tahoe. It's time for the bright side with Alexis Robin. Good afternoon. It is a snowy pre-Halloween Monday. Just as it should be. Just as it should be. I mean, I could not believe the snow when I woke up this morning. Old man winter has returned home to us. It wasn't that cloudy last night. That's what kind of surprised me. The wind certainly was blowing. The wind was very Halloween-y. Yes, it was very, very spooky. It was. I had one of the windows cracked open in the dining room, just a little fresh air in, and it was making that whoosh, that, like that scary howling yes. noise. Like, oh, we got to close that. That's scaring me. Ooh, I love it. So we're talking today, good segue, Jen, about doing things that scare you in honor of Halloween, as promised last week. Uh, talking about, you know, why, why would you do things that scare you and, and how to get right with it, how to get okay with it and make good, uh, scary decisions. So. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, happy Halloween, everybody. Thanks for listening to us every Monday night at 515. Um, so, Years ago, I think I've told this story on air a few times, but years ago, I found a paperweight and it said, what would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? And I thought long and hard about that because I wasn't sure right away. Uh, but then I thought I would live in Europe and I would uh, have a long, healthy, happy marriage, <laughs> right? So that, well, that was your whole plan, right? That was my plan, but not in that order. I mean, it was, well, really? I guess in that order, but, uh, but I, um, but those were the things you would do. If I, if I knew I wouldn't fail, those were the things that I would do. Okay. So, because at the time I was 26 and, you know, living in Europe, I had missed the opportunity in college and I had, um, and I had moved into a job and I was, you know, kind of climbing the corporate ladder and it just seemed like a huge impossibility to, you know, quit my job or take a leave of absence and go live in Europe where I, you know didn't speak the language and didn't have a job and all that jazz. So, um, so I did it anyway, because I'm a fan of doing things that scare me. And I went over there. Um, and I, so I planned everything and I, I made it kind of safe instead of just going with my backpack packed and hoping it would all work out. I actually signed up for a little, uh, French lesson for six weeks in the university in Grenoble or Grenoble as us Americans say it. And, I went over there and, uh, before I left the day that I actually, um, got ready to drive home for, uh, to, you know, I went home to my parents before I flew to France and the day that I was driving home, leaving everything that I knew and loved in San Diego was September 11th, (laughs) the September 11th. Oops. And that was really scary because then all the airports were closed. There was this horrible terrorist attack. I mean, it was just devastating. And people, you know, the first thing people said to me when I made it home on those lonely freeways that day were, you're not going, right? This changes everything. And here I, I mean, I had taken a leave of absence. I had given my house away. I had, you know, I'd given my room roommate situation away. I had sold everything that I had, I mean, I was ready to go and my flight left on September 20th. Um, and that was one of the bigger things that I did in my life that really kind of scared me because I decided I wanted to go and I decided to go despite everyone in the world telling me that it was a horrible idea that I get on a plane that close after September 11th. So, um, so that's one of my own personal stories about doing things that scare you. So I know a little bit about the topic. Mm-hmm. And, um, and one of the reasons why I think it's important to do things that scare you is because it stretches you. It puts you in a situation that you're not comfortable with, but that's not so scary that, you know, you're terrified, 
but you, you know, it, it stretches what you're willing and able to endure and do in life. And oftentimes with great results. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, but it also forces you to grow because it forces you to look at all the things that you were scared of and do it anyway. Right. And then lastly, I think the reason why you should do things that scare you is that you open yourself to new and exciting experiences. Because if you always do what you know and you never do anything scary, then you're going to live the same old life forever and ever. That's very true. Right. So you got to France. You took your six week lesson. So I took my six week lesson. I got to France and then I moved to, um, then I, I went on the internet and I found a job as a chef in a chalet. Um, now had you had cooking experience before? I was okay. I was a catering manager. So I knew a whole lot about menu ha- planning, menu planning, <laughs> shopping, putting stuff together, making it sound good. So it was just really the cooking that I needed help with. So I, <laughs> right. But you were so going to be a chef. Yes. Yes, I this was. This is awesome. I love this so, story. So, I mean, talk about stretching and growing like a weed. Uh, so I flew home for a five-day intensive course with my uh, my father, Terry, and my stepdad, Mel. Are they chefs? They both, they're not trained chefs, but they both love to cook, and they're just, you know, gourmet foodie types. And so I went home, and I mean, it was like five days of intense chefing. We had so much fun. We cooked all kinds of things. It was great. I bought cookbooks, and uh, and I got quite good at um, at cooking while I was over there and I still enjoy it to this day. So, um, so it stretched me and I grew in terms of my ability to entertain stretched them too, right? Stretch them. It grew, but it was something they loved to do. Oh, so it was fun great. for them. So, um, so at the end of it, I came out a much better chef. I came out, um, super brave because I moved across the world and, and pulled it off. And so that felt like I, if I can do that, I can do anything. Um, and which eventually led me to making the choice to move to Tahoe on a whim, just with a U-Haul and a place to stay for a week with my husband, my new husband at the time, who I met, ended up meeting over there. So another good reason to do things that scare you is sometimes you get great results, like meeting your, your future spouse. But, uh, but it was just, um, it kind of set the stage for like, wow, if you can do that, what else is there that you, you've wanted to do that you could do and be successful at or have fun with? So so it's um it's important to do things that that scare you to to help yourself grow. Now, I think that it's important to discuss scary good and scary bad. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah, yeah I'm still I'm still back in your France story with all kinds of questions, but that's oh. okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What else do you want to know? Well, about? I, you know, I was just what did you cook in an American restaurant? Like is it how we oh. get excited about French chefs that they get excited about American chefs? No, I I chefed in a chalet. So there was a young couple that would every year rent out a chalet for the entire winter season and then they would host groups of anywhere between 10 to 15 people, families, rugby teams, friends who would rugby all come teams. and stay and then we would do breakfast after tea and dinner and a full-blown three-course meal each night. So um, with desserts and everything, I became quite good at, at making desserts. So you were just like the party person. Yeah. Yeah. And now I love to entertain and it just like not even doesn't, yeah, it's not doesn't a rugby, even phase me to. team of 15. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that, yeah. So they, but it's like, it's funny because we see like French chefs in America. It's like, oh, this French chef, you know, whoever. And we get excited. I just wondered if they got excited about American chef. Yeah, they were mostly from England, so... Um, oh, well, you had nowhere to go but up then. <laughs> people say that. Yeah. Um, so, but they were, they were, uh, they were happy. I tried to, I made yeah, things were, that were kind right. of Italian, kind of French, kind of a mix. So, um, we did lots of different fun things. That's but, great. But yeah, so it wasn't like they were, 
you know, getting some super gourmet experience. Yeah, I just, I just pictured this restaurant in Paris or something. Oh yeah, not a restaurant in Paris, a chalet in a ski town, much like here. So it'd be like a little bed and breakfast. It's kind of a personal chef almost on a level, but with people that like to entertain. Yes. You got it. That's now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of getting in this like, wow, that was pretty impressive. Clear. Yeah. It's still very impressive. Right. So (laughs) thank you. So how do we know? So back to the, back to the original program. How do we really know the difference between scary good and scary bad? Because sometimes you're scared of things for good reason, right? Like sometimes your body says, don't do that. It's very dangerous. You're crazy. Yeah. Right. And then sometimes your body says, don't do that. You'll die. And you think, I'm not going to die if I do this. Like I'll survive. Mm -hmm. Even if I ask the guy out and he says no. I'll survive. Like life won't stop. No, right? No. You might wish it you had might for wish a few it moments, had for but, a moment. Yeah. Right. But but it but you will survive. You know, if I let my baby cry for half an hour when it's learning how to sleep, like that's scary and it's hard, but it's like sad. well and it's so sad. But you'll survive right. it, right? And the baby will survive it. And so um so I have a couple of qualifiers that I use and you know, you can use whatever feels right to you, but scary good for me is something that's risky. Because if it's not risky, it's not scary. Uh, but that it won't harm your well-being. It won't do any like major damage to your well-being. And it won't damage important relationships. Right? So if you do this, you're not at risk of like totally blowing your marriage or a, a good friendship or a, you know, a family relationship. Yeah, those wouldn't be good ideas. And then finally, it's a worst case scenario you can live with. Right? Like you might think, oh, that would be awful, but I could live with it. Like I'm, I'm willing to go there because worst case scenario, you know, you fall apart. Okay. I can live with that. So, and that was, that was something like, I'll give you another example. When uh, I started my own business, I took a small business loan and I went out and I thought, well, I just have to give it a real go Mm -hmm. and I have to try. And one of my mentors said to me, very wise woman named Maria, she said, Alexis, she said, what's the very worst thing that could happen if you do this? And I said, well, realistically, I'd get six months in. I'd probably be about $60,000 in debt and uh, I'd have to go back and get a job. And she was like, yeah. yeah. And, and then what I, are you doing now? And then I was like, oh, is that all? Like, I mean, clearly I didn't want to be $60,000 sure. in debt, but it was like in the very worst case scenario, if I gave it my all and I fell completely flat on my face six months in a row without making a single sale, then... That would be the end result. And I thought, I could live with that. I could pay that off. I could get back into the world and I at least would know that I had tried. Yep. Right? So it was a, it was a worst case scenario I could live with. So scary bad, on the other hand, will feel yucky. It won't feel exciting and exhilarating and terrifying. Mm-hmm. It'll feel yucky and terrifying. It will be like, um, Martha Beck, who's a, an author in, um, uh, in self-help, she writes and she says that there's, it's like the difference between standing on a high dive and looking down and seeing pristine, clear blue water and knowing that it's scary to jump, but that you're jumping into something clean and wonderful or staring, standing on the high dive and looking down and seeing like a big pile of like toxic sewage, right? Like, uh, yeah, like you recoil, when you, when even Jen just, she just recoiled when I said that, you see your face, it's great. But, uh, but you recoil from it. And if you, if your body is recoiling, like in disgust or in terror, you know, being terrified, 
then that's generally scary bad. You know, scary good feels like really scary but exciting at the same time. Is it fair to say that it would be different for other people? You said that you would wind up um, $60,000 in debt, worst mm-hmm. case scenario, and have to go back into the work you know, work for someone. Right. Um, and you were okay with that, looking at that as, as a worst case scenario. Is it fair to say somebody else may look at that and have that kind of recoiling? Absolutely. Like, no, that 60000 that that makes the real, it's not, although not good, not right. fun didn't wasn't a deal breaker for you right but someone else might be no just can't live with that yep absolutely and so this is where it's so important to check your own internal compass as to what's okay and what's not right so for me it was worth taking that risk versus living my whole life and wondering Mm -hmm. what if Mm -hmm. right so i mean there came a point where it was harder to wonder what if um I didn't do this. Like, I wonder if I would have been good at it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they, I could have worked the rest of my life doing something I really loved and, and had all this freedom and it would have been great. It was worth that risk to me. Now, for some people, it may not be. But if you get to a point where you're like, I can live with that, then I think it's okay. Yeah. So good point, right? Like, that's my that was my threshold. Now, had it been you'll lose your house, you'll lose your car, your spouse will leave you. Like then I might've said, well, whoa, that's not a, an ending I can live with. Like I'm not willing to do that. Yeah. Right. So, so you have to, you have to feel your own out, but if you recoil from it, if it feels physically yucky, if it goes up against your values, if it's potentially damaging to important relationships in your life, mm-hmm. um, or it causes you physical harm, then, you know, yeah, scary bad. I mean, those are kind of my own personal things. Now, you may have your own set, but I would say, you know, go forward with intention and with eyes wide open. Yeah. Now, on the physical harm thing, it makes me think of friends that I know that are mountain climbers or that are big mountain skiers or, you know, that are, you know, doing all kinds of crazy jumps and stuff. And, um, And I think that, you know, there comes a point where you do, you build up to things like that in a way that is, that you could be as safe as possible. You go climb with somebody who you trust. You bring the right equipment. You train for it. Exactly. Versus just deciding one day, like you wake up and say, hey, I'm going to go climb in Alaska. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think, you know, a good example of that is take a balance beam in gymnastics. If I were to get on a balance beam and attempt a cartwheel, odds are I'm probably going to get hurt in some fashion doing that. Um, If I could even bring myself to do that. (laughs) Right. Right. However, someone who even um, probably moderately trained in gymnastics, not a risk. And right. that really does come into that experience. And I've just got to note, if, if a person is um, okay with if the worst case scenario being losing your spouse and you're okay with that, you probably want to seek some help for that. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's another problem. That's a whole nother Before show. You take that risk, you probably need yeah, to Yeah, that's a whole nother this. show. So I just started laughing when you said that. But yeah, well, yeah, yeah. that wouldn't, that wouldn't work for that's me. That's a problem. But I think that it's a, you know, it's important to think about that because sometimes when you think about like taking a job or taking a, starting your own company and your spouse is not on board, um, and it could be potentially very damaging, you know, you want to take that into consideration. But it's, but basically, most of us can gut check and say, is this scary good or scary bad? Yeah. And, you know, and if you don't have that gut check, you just recognize that if it's, you know, if it could cause potential damages, it could cause physical harm and you're, it's an end result is something you couldn't live with, mm-hmm. then 
then you don't do it. And like a friend of ours, Jody, he's an amazing snowboarder and he's traveled all over the world and done incredible, you know, aerial tricks and stuff. And he, um, he actually ended up hurting himself pretty badly, um, in the last year. And, you know, that's something going in like eyes wide open. Like he knew that that was a risk Mm -hmm. and he's now doing the really scary thing, which is healing and fighting his way back, which is great. So, um, so when I say the physical harm, it comes with, uh, conditions, yes, <laughs> if you will. So yes. I'm not saying don't ever try something cause you're afraid you'll fall, but, but think about it and, and put yourself in the best case scenario for it. So how do you, how can you get started if you really never ever done anything that scared you and you're like, well, where, I don't even know where to start. That's just the idea of even thinking about it terrifies me. Um, it's just start small. Right? Like start with something really tiny and then build up confidence. Maybe it's, um, smiling at that person that you're interested in. Maybe it's saying hello. Maybe it's asking someone for a referral or a recommendation on LinkedIn, like something little. Maybe that's huge to you. So you mm-hmm. don't start there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it is instead of, um, starting your own business, it's offering to do a free seminar or it's offering to, you know, do something on the side as a gift for somebody instead of making it a business. You know, mm-hmm. you just start with things that are small and that feel like, okay, I could do that. Yeah. And you know that when you can back up and say, okay, how about this? No. How about this? No. How about this? Maybe. How about this? Yes. Okay. When you get to yes, you're there. Start small like that. Right. And then build up from there. You can also practice doing something scary by standing up for something you believe in. Now, this is something I've been talking a lot about at work with my colleagues in this idea of courageous authenticity. And this is not being, you know, not going out on a soapbox and like blaring your idea at somebody. You know, it's it's about saying what you really, truly believe in, even though not everybody may love it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you have to say it in an abrasive way. You could just say it in a way that's like, hey, this is really what I believe. And it's okay if you don't, but I do. And I'm going to share that. Right? Like that's being courageously authentic. And there's definitely risk in that. Definitely risk in that. And when you think about, um, there's a book that we've been reading with my group of, uh, P-Link coaches and it's called Head, Heart and Guts. And they talk about the difference between being nice and kind Mm -hmm. and how being nice is not telling somebody that they have a spot on their tie at lunch because they don't want to embarrass them. But being kind is telling the person that they have a spot on their tie so they don't embarrass themselves in front of a meeting later Mm -hmm. that afternoon. Mm -hmm. Right. And so sometimes courageous authenticity comes in kindness, not niceness as well. Sure. And, and people need that. So, um, Another thing you can do to practice, which is a little bit um, more passive than going out and taking some big leap of faith, is to read things that are controversial to your beliefs and get comfortable with the fact that there are other opinions in the world. You know, if you're not ready to go take a leap of faith or state your opinion or, you know, take a stand on something or do something you've always wanted to try but are afraid of, just start small by saying like, okay, well, I really believe this. Like maybe I'll just go with brackets up and an open mind to see what this other side of the fence thinks. You know, I think in Washington, we could probably use a little more of that. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. So um, so read stuff that's controversial. And then last but not least, something you can do in the privacy of your own mind is you can answer your own really hard questions. Right? And my um, one of my fellow coaches, uh, Susan Hyatt, she said to some guy on the airplane the other day, he said to her, you know, um, I just don't know what I want to do with my life. I wouldn't even know where to start. And she said to him, 
what are you pretending not to know? And I thought, whoa, that was a good question. And so, you know, answer those questions for yourself. When you feel like, oh, I don't know, you know, ask yourself, what am I pretending to not know? Because most of us know deep inside. We just don't want to say it out loud. Yeah. Not even to ourselves. So start by answering your own difficult questions and you'll be on your way to doing something that scares you and no one will even have to know about it. Right? That's a, it's a safe way to do it. You make it sound so, so easy. Right. So doing things that scare you. Happy Halloween. <laughs> we hope that you've enjoyed our, uh, our special fall Halloween episode and, uh, and that you'll go out and do a little something that scares yourself, uh, today, tomorrow and every day that follows. Um, and if you want to know more about what we do, you can find us on the web at nourishlifecoaching.com or you can find, um, find us on Facebook at Nourish Life and Business Coaching. That's the backslash. And there's the app. Lots of fun stuff Absolutely. on the app. Absolutely. So download our app, Nourish Life Coach, at the, uh, at the app store, both on Google Play and in iTunes. And with that, we'll see you next week, next Monday, same place, same time. That's right. Thank you very much. Have a good Halloween. Thanks, Jen. You too. Are you dressing up? Yes, we have Halloween Cove coming up Thursday Ooh, night. Ooh, that's right. So yes, we'll be out there celebrating with the community. And what's your costume? I don't know yet. Oh. I have an idea, but I don't, I don't know. I'm not good at costumes. Oh, see, so. something that scares her will be to find a good costume. Yeah, creativity. That always scares me. <laughs> that and arts and crafts. Glitter. Right. Frightening. Glitter. I know. Very frightening. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Alexis Robin with The Bright Side here on Kate Tahoe.